Thanks for tuning in. This episode was originally recorded for YouTube, so some references might be lost on listeners. To get the full experience and to view current episodes, go to youtube.com forward slash at Rob Talks Beer. That's youtube.com forward slash the at symbol Rob Talks Beer. All right, let's go to the episode. Welcome to Rob from the Internet Talks About Beer, a show where we discuss different styles of beer, beer history, beer flavor profiles. We give shout outs to breweries we think make exceptional beer, and we talk about whatever else comes to mind during the course of our conversation. I'm Rob, and if you appreciate this uh, this work that I'm doing here, this uh, edutainment kind of style where I'm giving you a little bit of facts and giving you a whole lot of bullshit afterwards, you know, I'd appreciate it if you'd... Uh, Subscribe to the channel, maybe click the little bell to be notified when the new episodes come out, or just share it with your friends, because we've all got friends that like beer. Anyway, joining me today is a, is a newly acquired internet friend that I found on the, the, the new social platform. Well, it's not new, it's new to me, new social platform to me, uh, Mastodon. Now, this is Kevy. Kevy, if you would, tell me a little bit about yourself, how you got into the beer world, and what you do when you're not talking to people like me about beer. Yes, well, you've already introduced, obviously, uh, I'm Kevy, and I'm up on the, in the internet, to be honest, I'm probably best known for uh, podcasting. I do a podcast called Tux Jam uh, with uh, two other uh, internet folk. Uh, that's uh, Andrew Conway McNallu, he is, and uh, Dave Lee called The Love Bug. So the three of us, we do a regular show, uh, Tux Jam. We usually try and get it about once a month, but that's a you know, very liberal take. You know, we have to be have to quite liberal those timings, <laughs> especially during the summer months when... Uh, Beer takes over. <laughs> yep. Yeah. So, yeah, well, you said new to you, Mastodon. I've actually been on the Fediverse since 2008. So it, this is not new to me at all. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, we, we have it a few a few different uh, incarnations of it as software and servers and things change. But, uh, yeah, I've been on the Fediverse uh, since then. I've been on the current Mastodon server because you do tend to find you do ch- tend to move servers now and again. I've been on the current one since 2018. So if you want to check me out there, I'm Kevy at mastodon.me.uk. There you go. Awesome. And what do you do in your daily life? Like, I don't need explicit details, but uh, are, 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 you, are, you, are you in the beer industry? Are you in the service industry? Are you a mailman? You know, <laughs> I, I would dearly love to be in the beer industry. But uh, right now, what, uh, what keeps the roof over my head and what pays the bills is I'm a teacher. I'm a metalwork teacher. Awesome. So, no. Yeah, so I teach secondary pupils. So so as you can imagine with metalwork, you don't tend to get the ones heading to Oxford and Cambridge, you know. <laughs> uh, by the time they come to me, usually the first thing I'll say is, right, hands up who wants to go to university. And you'll get the odd one or two, and I say, right, clear off, you're in the wrong class completely. <laughs> 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 Got to be realistic. <laughs> right, right. No, I, I get that, yeah. All right, so... Today, we are going to be talking about a beer style that I actually haven't covered on the show yet, which is pretty amazing because I've covered a lot of different styles on the show. Uh, today, we are going to be talking about uh, Scotch Ales and uh, specifically the wee heavy end of the Scotch Ales. So, um, you know, it's a, 
it's a classic uh, Scottish ale. Um, typically, it was known as a 90 shilling ale back in the in the early days. Um, they used to use a system called the shilling system where it was based on the amount of tax they paid on uh, a barrel of, uh, of beer. So it ranged anywhere from 42 to 90. Um, and this would have this would have been a 90 because this one was uh, the, the more alcohol, the heavier the tax was, obviously. And that's still the case, I think, in most places today. Uh, this one comes in anywhere between six and a half and 10%. So it's got a pretty wide range of what it could be. Um, you know, uh, typical, typical, uh, like standard, uh, Scotch ales are, are like three and a half to 4%. And then, then, uh, you get the ones that are the, the export style. That's like four and a half to five. And then you get everybody else that falls into the, we heavy uh, category. So, um, you know, it's a, it's a solid beer. Uh, it's one of my favorites. I actually have a friend who owns a brewery in Wisconsin and he has one on tap all the time. And it's, it's absolutely fantastic. He actually does a barrel aged version of it, which is amazing because, you know, it sits in a barrel for like a year and really kind of gets, uh, imparts a whole lot of different flavors to it and everything. It's really nice. Uh, for people who are interested, color should be anywhere from a light copper to a dark brown. And we'll see what color mine is and what color Kevy's is when uh, we pour them into glasses. It should have like a caramel aroma to it. Might have some hints of smoke. I know mine's going to have hints of smoke because they use peated, uh, peated barley in, in, in the one that I'm using, uh, the one that I'm drinking. And it shouldn't be, uh, shouldn't be really bitter. It should have very little to no bitterness uh, and might have, you know, any, again, this style, it's got a range. It could be anywhere from a sweet to a dry finish on it. So we'll, uh, I have not had the beer that, that I'm having today before. This is a new one to me. So we'll see what I get. You got anything to add to that, Kevy? Yeah, just uh, <laughs> one, one or two wee bits. Uh, you've, you've obviously clearly seen my notes. So, you know, that's my notes out the window. <laughs> the, no, well, one of the things when you mentioned there about the, the sweetness in a Scottish beer, the main reason that Scottish beers are nearly always sweet, a traditional, sorry, Scottish beer is nearly always sweet is because hops don't grow well in wet countries. And we're very wet up here. <laughs> They're yeah. very wet. So... The, what does grow here is barley. So that's what they do. They do use the malted barley. I mean, obviously, barley is used for whiskey making, but also uh, the, the malted barley is used instead of hops. So instead of getting a kind of light, golden, quite bitter beer, it, it becomes much sweeter. Uh, now, obviously, not all of them are. I mean, I, I'd never, you had mentioned, I think, as low as 40, a 40 shilling. I've never heard of the 40 shilling. 60 is as low as I've heard of. Uh, yeah. Oh, sorry. As as I've seen, not not heard, but as I've seen, uh, and obviously yeah, it goes up to the ninety. There, but yeah, it's uh, it's quite interesting actually. Well, for somebody who's a beer geek like myself, to you know to, <laughs> to get into it. <laughs> but yeah, if you, it's funny though, a lot of people get caught out on their first visit to Scotland. Like they'll go in and ask for a pint of heavy. Now you go and ask for a pint of heavy. It's what you call there an export. It's an eighty shilling yeah. style. Yep. You'd specifically have to find a wee heavy. Yep. Which is different again. <laughs> yeah, it is. Yeah. Well, so what's funny is um, it, it, in doing my research on this, uh, I learned something that I didn't know that uh, it, it the, the, the wee heavy was because um, they served these 90 shilling beers in six ounce mm. bottles. Uh, that were called nips and it was just it, it and it was so it was a small bottle so it was a wee heavy it was a, a small yeah. amount of strong beer which i was like well you know that makes perfect fucking sense but uh i'd never i'd never actually heard that before i'd i'd, I'd always heard of the the shilling system because like 
there's some breweries here in uh, Ontario that uh, in the past few years have been uh, bringing back things like, you know, there was a, an 80 shilling uh, ale that came out not that long ago and, and things like that. And it's like, oh, they're cool. It's cool. They're, they're, they're harking back to, uh, to, uh, you know, the, the, the older, the older naming conventions and things like that. And, and older recipes, they were bringing back an old recipe and, and uh, trying it out again. So, you know, it was, it was something I'd learned. I was like, oh, well, you know, it makes sense. And, and I do like wee heavies. They're, they're, they're great. I mean, most people, anyone who actually knows me in person knows that most of the beers I drink tend to be in the double digit ABV. So, uh, if I was looking for a wee heavy, I'd be going looking for the, the farther end of, of the spectrum. Um, <laughs> The one I have today is is at the at the low end of the wee heavy spectrum. It's a six and a half percenter, but uh, it's more than adequate because I'm going to be having some uh, some uh, Belgians after this. <laughs> oh. <laughs> so I was, I, I was actually thankful that, that this was a little bit lighter because you know, I'm going to be hitting some uh, nine and ten percent uh, Belgians after we're done recording. <laughs> no, there's nothing wrong with that at all. Definitely not. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So the beer I have is uh, from a company in uh, British Columbia. It's Russell Brewing Company. It's called A Wee Angry Scotch Ale. Uh, bring it up uh, so people can mm. see the can. Um, I'm having to adjust. I actually uh, rearranged my recording studio, and, and the, uh, the camera's in a different position than it used to be because I had to uh, move a couple things on my desk. And So now I'm having to look up to do things that used to be like directly in front of me, but now there's a monitor directly in front of me. So I might... might uh, get things a little off on the camera for this show, but you know, it is what it is. Oh, there's a good sound. That is a lovely sound. Now, it's not a sound that you're going to get from me, though, because I have gone for the glass edition. Very nice. And this is, uh, is it going to focus? Come on. Skull, Skull splitter. splitter. <laughs> from the Orkney Brewery. Now, this one, yeah, now, I deliberately tried to find ones that had this, because this is a rarity in Scotland, to get that term. Scotch ale, because yep. it's not a term that we use to describe beers. It's a term that's used foreignly. Yeah. Yeah. So, because obviously, Scotch here is whiskey. Yep. <laughs> and it's also so, one of my favorite things to drink. <laughs> so the only, I think the other only two I found there. I've got another one, but I I didn't have it, and it's not an easy one to find. It's the Black Isle Brewery have a Scotch ale, and. For some reason, it's very difficult. You can get Black Isle Brewery stuff fairly frequently around the place, but the Scotch Ale is very difficult to find, but it's not a limited run. So now the other one is by a small brewery down in the borders, and I'm not going to open this one just now, but this is one of my favorite kind of day-to-day -day ones. This is Old Jock, so it's on the lower end. Nice. Uh, 6.7, but that's probably one of my favorite regular beers. Cool. Uh, for uh, for people who who don't know, um, typically uh, Scotch ales and wee heavies were served in a, a thistle style glass. I do not own a thistle style glass. Uh, I only have so much room for glassware, and I think my wife would probably kill me if I tried to bring more in. So I am drinking mine from a Teku glass today. Um, it's the closest thing I've got to the the shape of a thistle glass. Uh, if, if if you're into that sort of thing, uh, I'm sure you could find it. Um, Proper proper temperature for this is 10 to 12 degrees Celsius. That's 50 to 57 degrees in freedom units for the Americans. Um, and, you know, it's uh, it's always best to serve them at the proper temperature because then you're going to get the full the full experience of the aromas and the flavors. Uh, that being said, if it's a little cold, you know, let it warm up. If it's a little warm, well, just drink it anyway. 
<laughs> yeah, there's one thing about the wee heavies is that if see when the worst thing is if you find one at a you go to a pub or a restaurant or a cafe or whatever and they've got them and they've got them in the fridge because they it's a funny a lot of people say they don't like it because they've only tasted it then and they produce a a really oddly bitter not bitter hops bitter almost like a bitter fruit like an overripened bit of fruit and it's a really strange thing but yeah. not all of them do but quite a few of them do yeah, I pulled this one out of the out of the cooler about a half hour ago so that it would come up to the proper temperature because I keep my beer cooler um, I keep my beer cooler at about nine degrees uh, so it's a little colder than this but you know I do that just because I have a variety of styles in the cooler and and I'd rather have everything be a little too cold and have to let it sit for a minute and warm up than uh, have to try and cool something back down to the proper temperature <laughs> so as I said uh, the color should be anywhere from uh, like a uh, uh, a dark amber to uh, to a, a dark brown. Mine comes in uh, on the dark brown side. Uh, it's got a ruddy hue to it. If you look through, if I'm looking through the light, it's kind of a reddish tint to it. Um, it's got a fantastic uh, caramel and kind of a biscuity aroma. Uh, it's nice. Um, you don't get any any hop aroma at all on this one, uh, which is typical to the style. And you know, uh, that's a. That's, Give it a taste. <laughs> and while Rob's actually tasting out that, I'll give you a quick update on my own. This one is malty, not as fruity as most wee heavies on the nose. Slight, a, a bready note as well. And I can taste a spit of toasted caramel uh, on there as well. Well, this one, this one's nice. Um, it's got, uh, you know, it's got a nice medium body to it, so it's not overly heavy uh, in a mouthfeel. Um, it's a little lingering on the finish, just just a just a touch of bitterness. Not, I mean, way less than you typically get in a lot of other styles of beer um, that 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 or a lot of other um, of the the malt forward beers because they try and balance that malt with with the uh, the bitterness. This one's real nice. It's just very, 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 very slight bit on the very end of it. Um, you know, it's got, uh, it's got a nice, uh, it's got a really good sweet, but not like cloyingly sweet uh, flavor up front on it. That that just uh, about halfway through your 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 drink just kind of like dissipates and, and and is gone. It's really nice. Um, this is this is something, and and this one is. This one's probably still a little bit cold. It might. Uh, I, per, I prefer them. I prefer them on the on the higher end of the temperature scale. Uh, this one's probably still around ten degrees, um, but it's nice. It's you know it's not overpowering. Uh, this is something that I could see. Uh, I would eat this. Uh, drink this. Sorry, I would drink this if I was eating like um, like game bird, uh, something fatty, um, things like that. Uh, if I was going to have it with dessert, which probably would i'd pair it with something sweet like uh know, like ice cream or maybe a creme brulee it would go well with so yeah this is a th this one's nice like i said i've never had this one in particular before um and it's it's quite it's quite enjoyable what are you getting yeah. out of yours <laughs> oh um yeah straight away you get the sweet malts the 
it's, it's funny, sweet, but not sickly sweet. It's not a sickly mm-hmm. sweetness. It's got that kind of toasted caramel develops. There's a, there's a fruitiness, a dark fruitiness, but it's subtle. Quite, I mean, what you would find is a lot of the wee heavies are actually quite rich fruity. For a wee heavy, the fruitiness is there. It's not overly strong, but it's there. Uh, I'd say there's something dark, quite a rich flavour. Uh, yeah, there's that breadiness is kind of lingering. And that kind of almost slightly alcoholic toffiness in the, just in the aftertaste. It's lovely. Absolutely yeah. lovely. I, I do. That is one of the things I really like about this style is that kind of um, that toffee flavoring. Mm. And, you know, that, that, that that's that's like that's kind of like all the beers that I really enjoy kind of have that uh, that malt forward, that that sweetness, but not sickly sweet. Like you were saying, not not cloyingly sweet. I just like a nice, nice, well-balanced sweetness that comes across. And you're right. The, you know, the that's typical of the style. And this one's the same way. Um I don't, I'm not getting a whole lot of like fruitiness out of this, although you should get some fruitiness out of it. Although this one, I know they used uh peated, peated barley with this and there is a hint of smokiness on it. Um, but it's not while you're actually drinking it. It's when you open your mouth and breathe in. Mm. The, it's like from the after it's like, Oh, there's a tiny bit of smoke there. And it's, it's absolutely, absolutely fantastic. I mean, and that's actually a skill in itself to, for them to do smokiness and do it well, because I've had a number of beers where it's like, no, nah, that's, I mean, I quite like smokiness, but you're like, no, that's just too smoky. I don't taste <laughs> anything else. Yeah. Yeah. And I've had a few, I've had a few rock beers like that where it's like, oh, well, it's supposed to be smoky. No, no, no. This, this is like a campfire. This is not a yeah. smoky beer. <laughs> I, I think, I mean, we spoke there about how it should be sweet, but not sickly sweet. Uh, at one place I absolutely adore normally their beers from is Belgium. I love the Belgian beers, uh, especially, again, the darker ones. You know, I'm a dark beer person. And they do quite a number of Scotch ales, that they call them. And there haven't been an awful lot of them I've liked. The, the one that I have liked is Macshoof. That one's really nice if you want to try that one. But there's a few other ones. And, oh, my word, it, it's like... I don't know. It's it's like drinking alcoholic syrup or something. It's so sweet. It's like, no, 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 this isn't even pleasant. I'd, I'd pour this onto a dessert. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, I, I've had several beers like that. And and I've been, you know, I have to be in a certain mood to enjoy a beer like that. Uh, and, and if I'm just looking for a beer that I just want to sit and, and enjoy, typically I'm not going to go for something that's super, super sweet like that or, or overly, overly uh, uh, sweetened. But there are there are occasions. And you're right. If if I'm doing it for dessert, that might be a different different case. If I'm like, uh, there's a brewery in New York called Southern Tier, and they make a uh, a barrel aged imperial stout called Creme Brulee because it tastes Ooh. like Creme Brulee. Mm. It's 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 absolutely fantastic. But again, it's one of those that you drink this much and you're done because yeah. it's so sweet. Yeah. yeah. Um, and it would be it would be fantastic if you were if it was like if you could reduce it just a little bit in the in the viscosity or increase the viscosity a little bit and pour it over ice cream or over pie or something like that it would be absolutely mm-hmm. fantastic and it's it's great on its own don't get me wrong but you can't drink you know it comes in, it, it uh, I don't know if it still does but it used to come in the big bomber size bottles you know those um, what are they about? Uh, about six hundred milliliter size bottles. You oh, know, the big, right. Okay. Yeah. The big boy. So, like near a pint, then. Just a bit of pint. 
Yeah, yeah. So it yeah, was but a uh, British pint, you see, a British pint. <laughs> oh yeah, an imperial pint. Yes. <laughs> yeah. So and and you know, uh, people were like, "Are you going to drink that whole thing?" I'm like, "No." <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Is Northern 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 Monk? Is that a brewery you get over there? Uh, it is not one that that uh, we typically get. I have seen it a couple of times. Uh, like some of their specialty beers or some of their like uh, special occasion beers will make it over here. Um, what, that, that is one of the benefits of being a, a Dominion Dominion country is we do uh, we do have special relationship with the UK and and we 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 tend to get um, we tend to get some of the, the beers from over there. Uh, we get uh, who's the other one that we get. Um, we get some Northern Monk, and we get some. I can't think of the, the name of the other one. Uh, Siren. Oh, um, Siren. Yeah. Yeah, we get we get we get quite a bit of their their beer over here, which is nice because they make some good beers as well. <laughs> yes. The the reason I actually brought up the Northern Monk was, uh, they have released. Well, they're, they're on their third incarnation, actually. So if you're a Star Wars fan, check out if you can Death Star Three. I've not seen it yet, but I have seen pictures. But I had Death Star 2. Now, the problem is 500 mil can. And you could take <laughs> this with a spoon and it's 12%. You know, I was, nice. I was like, I would have happily shared that. But see, coming to the end of that 500 mil can, I was like, no, no I feel like I've eaten a four course meal here. <laughs> I, was, I was genuinely struggling. <laughs> I've got uh, out, out in my cooler right now, um, I've got. Uh, a barley wine that I picked up when I was visiting family in the States. Um, and it's a, it's a barrel aged barley wine that comes in. I think it's at 17%. Wow. I've not, um, not, yeah. not tried anything that high in a barley wine. Yeah. And I, this is, this is a, the second and last bottle of it that I've got. So it's like in the back of the cooler, I'll save it for a, for a special occasion or, or a really, really cold, cold night and like say, february when it's like negative 40 out and and i could just use a good winter warmer um but yeah it's it's the same thing you know it's uh it's a 750 mil bottle and uh it you you have to have a couple people to drink drink with it mm. uh, otherwise you're gonna be just you know you're gonna be on the floor is what you're gonna be yes I, yeah that's a, it's uh yeah that, that is always a danger but i think that's maybe one of the reasons why I was never a lager drinker because where I am here, we're in the Gulf Stream. So the the kind of the positiveness for this part of the year is that we don't get cold winters. I mean, I'm talking centigrade here. Uh, we never go down bef- below four degrees. We just don't see that. We never wow. get to freezing. You know, it just doesn't go. But the other end of the spectrum is because we've got this constant Gulf Stream, uh, our summers... Well, let's put it this way. 30 degrees is absolutely boiling, and it's a once-in-every-three-year event for one hour. <laughs> That's it. I mean, usually it's only in the... Usually 22, 23 degrees. I mean, that's it. We don't that tend sounds, to generate higher. That sounds like where I need to live, man. So <laughs> so where, where I, I'm originally from uh, the state of Illinois in the United States, and where I lived in the state of Illinois was, uh, it was as close as you could possibly get to the, uh, the state of Wisconsin. So, you know, it's northern Illinois. It's the middle of the state. No, nothing to block any wind or anything like that. So we got the coldest of the cold in the winter, and it was complete flatlands, and we got the hottest of the hot in the summer. So we're talking, you know, negative 35, negative 40, this is Celsius, uh, in the winters and we're talking 
32, 35, you know, for, for like two months of, of the three months that are summer, you know? So, and then where I'm at now, I'm, uh, I'm, I'm uh, closer to Toronto. So I moved, uh, I, I moved, I don't know, uh, I moved what, uh, 150 kilometers North and like 500 kilometers to the East. Um, so, so now I get, Negative 35 in the winters and, you know, 30 in the summers. <laughs> so, uh, and, and, you know, being, being, being a fat guy, uh, the 30, 30 degrees is, is no fun, man. <laughs> I will see that that's one thing just because of where I'm from, we can tend to yearn that kind of, uh, not, not the winter temperatures, but the, the summer temperatures, you know, so that's why the us Brits, you know, we, we always tend to like to jump ship to the Mediterranean as quickly as we can. You know, they're all there. We'll, we'll go in April and that, you know, it's kind of 25. And they're all there with fur coats on things going, oh, it's freezing. We're like, this is glorious. I'm with the shorts. Right. Well, they're I looking mean, at yeah. us if there's something wrong. <laughs> I mean, I don't, I, don't put the, uh, I don't put the shorts away until, uh, you know, until it's like the overnight temperatures are consistently in the single digits. Uh, you know, nine degrees. Okay, you know, if it's consistently nine degrees or lower at night, okay, I'll start wearing jeans during the day. <laughs> but uh, it, it, 10 degrees and above, you know, chances are I'm wearing flip-flops and shorts still. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, the, the, but the problem is, is when it gets above like 25 or so degrees, and I'm like, yeah, no, this is, this is, this is not cool. <laughs> well, generally, like I said, it, very rarely. I mean, like I said, you'll get the one day out of every three years where it'll spike. <laughs> you might go up to 30, absolute maximum, but that's rare. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, yeah, like I said, for the most part, we live in the low 20s in the summer. <laughs> but it doesn't so mean it's about... necessarily sunny. It's it's yeah, raining, well, but it's low 20s. Right. Whereabouts are you, uh, just generally? I'm uh, I'm actually in the Outer Hebrides, off the northwest coast of Scotland. So nice. if you can imagine... If you can imagine like going up to the north and north of Scotland and drawing a straight line pretty much from between like us and New York City, we're like the last mm -hmm. thing you'll kind of hit, I think. I'm pretty sure yep. before you actually leave. But uh, yeah, there's nothing. There's nothing as far as I'm aware in between uh, us and the, the uh, us and the, pot, the rest of the pond. It goes uh, straight across to the coast. <laughs> Right. <laughs> you just kind of out there on your own. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. But the thing is, yeah, it's nice. I quite, I must admit, I do like it here. <laughs> a lot of people yeah. say, how could you live out there in the sticks? I'm saying it's because I live in the sticks. I like it. <laughs> right. Yeah. Well, and, and, you know, my wife and I are the same way. Um, you know, as we've gotten older, we've moved farther and farther away from the city centers. Um you know, when you're younger and you want to live in the, in town, you want to be in all the hustle and the bustle. And then, I don't know, I hit about 30 and I was like, yeah, okay, I'm done with this. Um, people suck. I want to move away from people. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, pretty much. So, so now I'm, I'm living, I'm living in a, 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 a smaller town. It's uh, less than a hundred thousand people where we're at, but we're on the fringes of the town. We're out in an older um, rural subdivision. So everyone's got these nice, uh, big lots like we've got we've got three quarters of an acre of land and just down the street you know you go you go like a click down the street from us and it's these giant monster houses on these tiny little lots where you could basically open your window and touch your neighbor's house and mm. and uh, it's it's starting it's starting to encroach on us so i don't know how much longer we'll be here we've actually been looking at moving out towards uh like nova scotia 
Um, and uh, buying like, you know, buying like 150 acres, putting a house right in the middle of it and being far away from everybody as we possibly can. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but the one thing that I must have I did like was it was well, I, I, I tried city lifestyle for 10 years. That was a maximum. I couldn't go anymore. You know, just did, didn't didn't work for me. But I mean, you were surrounded by people. There was like. I had never lived in a flat before. You know, there's people above me, people below me, people either side of me. You heard yep. them to the walls. Did I know any of them? No. I even <laughs> tried to talk to them and people just, no, no, I've got to go to work. I'm going to go eat. Bye-bye. Or just someone just blank you. <laughs> yeah. And this is what I like actually about the kind of country life is the fact that I know just all my neighbors. I- I'm in a village here with 50 houses maximum. And we've all got our own croft areas all got you know so it's not like we're built on top of each other right and but the thing is we're still in that kind of era where it's you know everybody knows everybody and people will generally help out the only people who don't know others are kind of incomers who kind of you know they'll put the shutters up and people here won't force their way to your house you know so if if they just if they say no 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 forget it the then people just won't bother. But the likes of, I know that, let's just say something happened tonight. Hopefully nothing will, but if something happened <laughs> tonight, I could call, you know, one of six different neighbors and I know they'd come over and help us out. Yep. Yeah. That's what I like about the kind of country life. Yeah. We've got, we've got a similar situation. We're, uh, you know, we're friends with, with um, the neighbors all around our house. So, and, and even even uh, you know a couple of them that are across the laneway from us, um, you know we're we're friends with them. And and if if we were if things got into a pinch or whatever, we could call upon any one of them really, and they'd be more than willing to help us. You know, um, and that is nice. Uh, and you're right when 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 I lived when I lived in a bigger town when I lived uh, you know in, in closer to a city center, it's very much that uh, people people don't like. I guess they they don't make time for their neighbors. You know, you Ooh, don't know who your neighbors are. You see them, you you know who they are by sight, but you don't know anything about them. You don't, they're not your friends. Your friends all live somewhere else. <laughs> I know it's, it's funny. You get, get the idea. Well, I had the idea kind of moving down the city of Virgin, it would be something similar to friends, you know, the TV show. <laughs> I kind of had that in my head. I don't know why. I think it was just because of where I came from. You know, like I said, there was always people in the middle of the house, you know, and you're, you're like, no, no, I don't know any of my neighbors. I mean, yes, like you say, you know them to see, but you don't know them. <laughs> right. Yep. <laughs> awesome. So, so uh, if, if if people are looking to seek out your your podcast, or maybe they want to seek you out on the social ne- networks, uh, where can they find you at, Kevy? Well, as we've already said, I'm on Mastodon. I'm actually on Mastodon in three places. I'm <laughs> just to be awkward, of course. <laughs> I'm. I'm mastodon.me.uk. Uh, that's my kind of day-to-day, everyday chat. I'm also where you met me, a Kevy on mastodon.beer. And this is really unprofessional of me. I don't even have my phone on me. I can't remember the third <laughs> one because I've just literally joined it. The third <laughs> one is one purely for sports. Yeah, I see. You're keeping them all oh, separate. My phone, my phone is here. Well, yes, because <laughs> one thing you will find is... Actually, to be honest, this is one thing that's been good about the recent uh, intake from uh, Twitter is that there's been a lot more uh, instances pop up that are specific. And yep. generally, 
been a, I mean, I, I'm a total Linux geek. I'll give you that. And uh, I'm, I'm also, you know, Creative Commons kind of music kind of guy. I'm a beer guy, but I'm also a sports guy. And the problem is the sports doesn't fit in generally with the traditional Mastodon users. So when I do tend to put it on, uh, you tend, I tend to hashtag it because you can easily block a hashtag on Mastodon. Mm-hmm. You can just say, I don't want to see these. But now I'm on, I'm Kevy at allpro.social. So I, <laughs> I haven't posted much there, but that is one that's dedicated entirely to sports. <laughs> nice, nice. And, yes. and, what was, and what was the name of your podcast again? The podcasts that I do, well, there's actually two that I do. Uh, well, two that I'm involved in. Sorry, let me, let me rephrase that. Uh, Tux Jam. Now, again, that's the geek in me coming out. Tux Jam. Uh, Tux is the Linux mascot for anyone that yep. uh, doesn't know. And you've got Jam was just literally a jamming session with music. It combines Linux stuff and Creative Commons music. So every show, there's myself, uh, there's, there's Dave and there's Andrew. And what we'll do is we'll yarn about something small time. So things like apps on the phone or uh stuff on the linux desktop that's not big stuff we would never review something like firefox or audacity something where most people know about it's always small apps and we actually try out quite a bit of distros as well and the but in that there's about usually about four to five tunes as well (laughs) total total no no i find the term geek all right geek (laughs) yeah i'm a i'm a geek not a nerd god damn it's a proud geek That's right. The guy, the guy calling you nerd who has the fallout weapons hanging behind him. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Yeah. So I've got that. And I actually, I did start that one way back in 2011, I think it is. Uh, Yes. Because we had our 10th anniversary. 2011, we started, I started it. I was really naive. I stupidly thought I could easily run a, a regular podcast all by myself. (laughs) <laughs> I soon found it was funny. The first few months, I kind of had the, the you know, in the first week, I had the, you know, the three or four recorded, and I, I knew I deliberately didn't want to post them because I thought, well, wait a minute, no, because there's no way I can maintain that. But then I kind of found out that when I was doing it on myself, oh, you know, life gets in the way. You know, <laughs> I had the yes, time. I had a very young child. You know, you're working, you're doing X, Y, and Z, so. Life got in the way, so it was then. I, I think I did it by myself for a couple of years, and then I kind of went on a kind of six to eight month break. And I asked Andrew, who was also a member on Identica way back then, and I said to him, "Do you want to come on Tux Jam and basically kick my backside so that I actually do a show?" And he goes, "Yeah, why not?" So <laughs> he came on, and then uh, I can't remember exactly how. I think. I, we just maybe had Dave on as a guest. This is going a few years later. Dave came on as a guest. Now Dave has got his own show, and he's a kind of he's got a few shows. In fact, he he's quite a established podcaster. He does the Bugcast, which you can find the Bugcast.org, and I know that one. It's a music show. He also does one called. I see. I'm Earl Grey Hot. T Earl Grey Hot, something like that. It's is not that a Star tea. Trek one? Yeah, it's Star <laughs> Trek one. Yeah. <laughs> I was going to say nothing to do with tea. I'm a tea fan, <laughs> but uh, yeah, he does that along with Yannick, and I think there's maybe another person in it. I, I'm not a Star Trek fan, so I'm not trading. So I don't dislike it. I just never ever got into it. Yeah, no, right. uh, and, and no judgment for me because I, I am a Trekkie. Um, 
most of my friends are actually Star Wars, really Star See, Wars. That's heavy. it. I was a Star Wars guy. <laughs> now I, I like I like Star Wars, but to me, Star Trek is is it trumps Star Wars for me. Now I know I know that's not the case for a lot of people, but it was always I don't know. There was just something. It was more about the science, I guess. Uh, you know, it, it seemed like Star Trek was always more grounded in in what could what could plausibly be real science. Whereas <laughs> Star Wars is based on this this uh, this quasi uh, mystical you know thing called midichlorians, which is what what powers everyone's force powers and things like. I'm like, eh. <laughs> <laughs> but but don't get me wrong i like star wars i own all the star wars movies and my wife is a, is a huge star wars fan and so you know we watch we watch all the star wars tv shows we watch all the star wars movies but on the flip side we also watch all the star trek shows and all, all the yeah, star trek enough. movies then <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah I, I must admit actually as, as far as that goes i am absolutely loving uh Topic and off topic here, you know. We're talking about the podcast are going weird, but uh, I'm absolutely loving the current sh- uh, Star Wars shows, The Mandalorian, especially. I love this one, that one. I'm looking forward to the next episode, next season. Uh, the next season, uh, Boba Fett was good, but I don't know. I just I was felt yeah. lacking. I felt Boba like it was Fett getting was into three, it. Boba then, Fett was three episodes about Boba Fett, and then it turned into a, a, a Mandalorian. Mini Mandalorian episode. The Mandalorian episode series two and a half. <laughs> Yeah, and I have just started Obi Wan, so no spoilers. Yeah, <laughs> uh, it was it was okay. Uh, was it okay? I, yeah. I enjoyed it. Yeah, I enjoyed it. Um, I I don't necessarily know that it was a story that needed to be told, but that being said, it was enjoyable. Just like I felt the same way about the um, the Han Solo movie. Not something I would have asked for. But it was enjoyable. Right. Actually, you know, the Han Solo one was one I kind of almost deliberately avoided. I just don't know. It just never appealed to me for whatever reason. And Han Solo's probably my favorite character in the original trilogy. But I, it just never appealed to me, and I haven't gotten around to watching it. It's not that deliberately avoided. I just haven't gotten around to watching it because it's yeah, not yeah. been on my to-do list. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, I get it. <laughs> yeah, so... Yeah, so sorry. So to get totally back, way back. <laughs> yeah, you can find Tux Jam. <laughs> Remember that show we're talking about. <laughs> yeah. What, what, what uh, were we talking about? Here? What were we talking about here? Uh, yeah, you can find Tux Jam at tuxjam.otherside.network. So, yeah, Tux Jam, when first started, it was part of Unseen Studios. Uh, but Unseen Studios kind of wrapped up. Uh, so that was when it was at the same time, roughly the same time as Amped. I think it was Amped. It was called the. It was a music-based podcast network. So they kind of wrapped up, and there was a couple of others just kind of cold time. So that's when myself and Dave and a few others got together, and we said we should make something that's. Pardon me, because the problem was all of the show, the networks that we were with were so specific that if somebody wanted to join, they made it difficult for other genres to join it had to be right. only tech or only music when i tried to join that only music one at the start i was told there was too much tech in it i tried to join another tech one they told i was told there was too much music in my show I'm like, oh, for sakes. <laughs> <laughs> so uh yeah so i said how about just that we have something so that it's basically kind of open to anybody who just wants to be doing this kind of stuff right so that's when other side Dot network started up. Nice. 
Yes. So, uh, yeah, so you can head along there. The other thing I do is CC Jam. Now, I didn't actually intend this to be mine at all. It was just something I kind of grew out of Tux Jam because I was finding I was, I, I'd found an awful lot of good music, but the problem was Tux Jam was only four tracks and I didn't really didn't like to replay artists that I'd already played. So the idea with CC Jam was that uh, it was just something that someone could record just a couple of minutes, very, very short, and have one uh, band on it or one artist. And they would start the show with a track and end the show with a track and just say what they... I mean, literally, if it was, look, I can't find anything about this. They've got a couple of tracks on Bandcamp. Here they are. That's it. That was fine. Or if they could find a bio or something, they could spiel as much as they wanted. So, uh, yeah, so... Sadly, CC Jam kind of didn't really catch on as much as I was wanting. Would cut me up to about episode 80 or something. Maybe not as much as that. Maybe it's in the 70s. But it, it's around a bit there. The, but the idea was never meant to be my show. It was more meant to be others contributing. So please, if you actually want to contribute, free, feel free to go and check it out. Uh, ccjam.otherside.network. It, it, it was funny. It had a bit of a... Initially... When I announced it, I, I think we had like episodes one to thirteen, roughly, from sentence straight away. There was hardly it was a few of me, but not many. And then it was kind of everybody kind of went, "Oh, <laughs> yeah. so yeah, that one you can find is part of other uh, other side network. You can CC Jam at otherside dot network. Okay, excellent, excellent. Awesome. Well, you know, Kevy, we've been talking for about 40 minutes. Uh, we talked a little bit about beer. We talked a little bit about geekery. We talked about some tech. You know, uh, it's, I think it's been, been, been a good show. Um, if, uh, if if people are looking to uh, to hook up with me on, on the social networks, or I guess not hook up, that's a bad term to use these days. If people are looking <laughs> to find me on the socials, uh, I am on Mastodon. I'm uh, Rob from Internet at Mastodon.beer. Uh, I'm on Instagram, uh, Rob from the internet on on Instagram, I'm on Twitter. Rob from Internet. Uh, you know, you want you want to you want to follow uh, you want to follow the adventures of my new brewing system that I'm hooking up in my uh, my brewing space here at the at the house. Uh, you can go to brewthulu.com and uh, follow along with the story there. Uh, I'm up to four four uh, entries on that so far. So as we uh, as we get closer to actually getting hooked up and brewing some beer on it, we'll uh, we'll we'll do some video and things like that. Uh, other than that, you know, it's been it's been great talking to you, Kevy. Uh, as always, I'm Rob from the Internet. Cheers. Ginger. Oh, you're, bit, look at that. Your your glass is empty. It's a bit dry. <laughs> <laughs>